Thank you for joining us today at River City Church, a church living in love. If you have a prayer need, would like to speak to a pastor, or have questions about today's message, please email us at info at rivercitysmyrna.com. For more information or to give to the ministries of River City Church, please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com. We hope you are encouraged by today's message. God. Welcome to River City. The Bible says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Today I'm glad. Hallelujah. Who's glad? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because the Lord is here. He inhabits, he inhabits in our praise. And the Bible says, as we worship, he built his throne. This morning he's going to build his throne with your worship. With your praise. Awesome. He made Adam for worship. He made you for worship. He made me for worship. And the devil wants to also come for your worship. But our big word this morning is nope. Not for you. Hallelujah. My worship is for the Lord. The almighty God. The one who made me his dwelling place. Thank you Jesus. We are your dwelling place. Hallelujah. We're going to read Psalm 48. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised in the city of our God, his holy mountain, beautiful in, beautiful in elevation, is the joy of all the earth. Mount Zion in the far north, the city of the great king, within her citadels. God has made himself known as a fort fortress. For behold, the kings assembled. They come on together. As soon as they saw it, they were astonished. They were in panic. They took flight. Trembling took hold of them there. Anguish as of a woman in labor. By the east wind, you shattered the ships of Tashash. As we have heard, so have we seen. In the city of the Lord of hosts, in the city of our God, which will establish forever. We, we have taught on your steadfast love, O God, in the midst of your temple. As your name, O God, so your praise reaches to the ends of the earth. Your right hand is filled with righteousness. Let Mount Zion be glad. Let the daughters of Judah rejoice because of your judgment. Walk about Zion. Go around her. Norma her towers, 
consider well her rampants. Go round her sidels, that you may tell the next generation that this is God, our God forever and ever. He will guide us forever. Hallelujah. I like the first verse. I want to say it again. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised in the city of our God. We are the city of God. We are the city of God. And this morning, we proclaim, we're going to praise him with all we have and worship him. Father, we come before your throne, your throne of grace and mercy. We come just as we are because you said, come just as you are. We come to receive the love and the grace, the mercy, the compassion, the peace, the joy. Whatever we are missing, you will give us because you are our sufficiency. We look up to you and our joy is full. This morning, have your way in us. We thank you for the worship leaders. We thank you for the, for the ushers. We thank you for everybody who is doing anything this morning. May you use us to your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. So God, let that be our prayer this morning, that we would be a people of hospitality, that we would always share your love. God, birth that in us this morning, that these words would not just be a pretty song that we sing, but that would lay a seed of change in our community, that everyone would find a place to belong in the family of God. Teach us how to always make room at the table and to love well and love fully and love sacrificially. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. What we're doing today is a little different. They asked us to be an impact group teacher at this camp and actually have done camps before but have been preaching at camps. And I actually enjoyed this much more than preaching at camps. Um, and we got to share basically on hearing the voice of God, which is massive, and it's a huge deal, and we all need to hear it. And so we're going to share what we shared with them. And what's cool about this is we're going to give you three practices for when you feel like you need to hear the voice of God. How does that happen? Instead of just being like, you're a sheep and you should hear. Go about your business. Enjoy your life. <laughs> we want to give you three practices that help create space for that. Okay? So I'm going to read you a passage of Scripture, and then we're going to pray, and then we'll get right in. Can you pull up John 10, 1 through 6? Truly, truly, I say to you, he, I'm going to read from over here because that TV is jacked up. Anybody want to donate a TV today? <laughs> Amen. Let's go over here. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs in another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens... The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about this. I'm going to start with a prayer if you'll close your eyes. Jesus, we are your sheep. Some of us unknowingly, some of us very knowingly, we need to hear your voice. We want to hear your voice. We don't want there to be pressure related to that. Remove all the pressure, anxiety connected to discerning what to do with our lives. Help us to have faith. Help us to understand how you speak and how we hear. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
So really quickly, hearing the voice of God is weighty. In the times that I've had to talk to people about hearing the voice of God, it's usually when they're trying to make a big decision. And so there's already weight connected to it. So I just want to get this out there to you, that there is no perfect formula for you to leave a space or a perfect book to read where you have got it figured out forever. Part of hearing the voice of God is this wrestling with and interacting with the will of God for your life. Part of it will never be super easy. The tension is a good thing. But the two things that you need to understand, it's a journey of learning how he speaks and how you particularly hear. We all hear the voice of God sometimes a little differently. Some things work easy for us. Some things are hard for us. Do you want to do the apple thing or do you want to kick, punt that? Well, let's maybe see what, how we do on time. So punt that for right now. Okay. All right. So for me specifically, I'm going to share with you how I hear the apple. That probably sounded weird. Do you guys want an apple? Okay. Amen. So here's how I hear clearly, and I've known this for years, that this is how he speaks to me. A lot of times it's in a setting like this when we're in worship, I'll have somebody's face that's in that room, like, just pop up. I don't conjure it up. I don't overly spiritualize it. Just a face will pop up. And I typically know for me that usually means maybe go interact with that person in a loving, encouraging, non-invasive way. So I will meander over and be like, hey, what's up? How you doing? Is there anything you need? I'll ask a question, like I mean, many of you. Is there anything you need prayer for? What I don't do is say, God, just put your face in my head. <laughs> and then walk away. Because <laughs> there's ways to kind of ruin sometimes the way that God speaks to serve others. So a way that it's very hard for me to hear God's voice is big decisions in my life. And so there is another route that God gives us in those settings. For me, I know the community of God is how he speaks to me in those settings a lot of times. Because I feel too much pressure with it. So he has people around my life that I can say, here's what I'm kind of sensing and feeling. Tell me what you think. I don't say that to everyone, and I don't offer that to everyone. I only offer it to people who I know love Jesus, love me, and are following him. The people who already dislike me, I'm not giving that info to, right? The people who I know are disappointed in me, I'm not like, tell me what you think about this. I don't want to hear it. But I, I sometimes have to lean heavily into the voice of the people of God because God speaks through his people a ton, Right? You don't, if you expect that he's always going to put a picture in your head for everything, you're going to be very disappointed. There's creativity. A lot of times he wants to throw us on each other in a loving way because we need each other. So for Sarah, it's a little different. Well, I think that in the same way that our relationship with God changes or goes through seasons, that how, how we hear him can change or go through seasons. If you have ever gone through a season of doubt... Um, it becomes really challenging to trust that you're hearing God's voice. I know that that honestly has been very true for me. And so for during seasons of doubt, that's especially the time where I trust the community and I trust the discernment of the body. Um, and we'll talk about later how um, the checks and balances of the community, scripture, and the Holy Spirit can really help affirm the voice of God. That for a lot of people, it may just be this like, picture in my head and I feel fully confident, but for a lot of us, it might not work that way. It might start with a picture in my head and I might, you know, see a tree and like get a deep sense or like hear something in a song or from someone in the community. And it, it can really be a common thread a lot of times that um, leads to knowing the voice of God, but it's not always that neon sign. Yeah. And I'll say this too. I didn't say this at any point this week. God's not confined to our Christian spaces. So that, you, that it has to be a Christian song, or it has to be from Kirk Cameron, or it has to be... God's not confined to that. So if he, he can speak to you any way he wants, right? 
And I think it's important to know that it doesn't have to happen in just a, set, a certain setting. He can speak to you through anything. He speaks through donkeys. He speaks through people who act like donkeys. He speaks in any way he, he desires. So really quick, clearly, though, for, for a lot of the kids in the room, we could kind of tell, do you feel like it's even valuable to hear the voice of God, right? Like maybe you already think you won't or don't think it's really necessary. You have a skill set. You can pretty much clear your own path. This is why it's important. The things that are spoken directly to you, whether from God or not, if you know they're to you, either good or bad, you put a lot of weight behind them, period. No matter whose voice it is, if somebody says something to you, if there's an accolade, Nancy, you are the best Bible study teacher in the world. <laughs> Nancy, you are the worst Bible study teacher in the world. We already put a lot of weight behind the things we know that are spoken to us. So why not clarify which ones are from him, which ones are not, and put your weight behind the right ones. For me and for you, it's easier to put weight behind the ones that hurt us than the ones that we can't feel really, really good. So a lot of times it's like, you know, this is kind of an old school, but like Xing out of a computer screen, like, Josh, you're an idiot. I'm going to X that out. Josh, you're stupid. I'm going to X that out. Josh, you're the worst preacher in the world. I'm going to X that out. Josh, you're a son of God. I don't feel that at all, but all right, I'm going to try and like enhance the screen, like draw the screen a little bigger like we do. Like, do we still do that? All right. I don't see this right now, God, but I'm going to, I'm Xing those out. I'm, I'm feeling like this is from you. I don't feel it at all. How do I hone in on it? So you already put weight behind the voices spoken to you. It's good to know if you can clarify. And so today, we want to give you a few tools. It's like me going out in my yard and someone saying, you need to make this yard pretty. I don't have a lawnmower. I don't have a weed eater. I don't know the other tools' names. I'm not super good at outside stuff. <laughs> Those are the two tools I need. We're going to the Joneses. Going to the, and going to the Joneses. Everybody needs a Joneses in their life because I borrow their stuff every other week. I'm going to miss you guys. So, so, but showing up to a yard and then somebody saying, here's a lawnmower, here's a weed eater, here's um, the thing that blows the stuff around, here's a friend that knows what you need. <laughs> so that's what it's like. So we're going to give you three things specifically. One, it's going to be uncomfortable, hopefully. It's silence. It's silence. Number two, my favorite way to create space is the Emmanuel prayer process which there's a lot of different variations. I'll share, you, share with you mine. And the third one is called Lexio Divina, which is a historic and ancient way of reading scripture in community, okay? So we're gonna jump in. Go ahead and breathe out, right? <laughs> Sarah's gonna start. <laughs> okay, so you, if you've been here for any length of time, you know how much I love the practice of silence. Um, it, I feel like, revolutionizes our relationship with God. And so it becomes, I'm going to read this quote. I don't know if I'm going out of order, Bill, so sorry, but yeah. let me read this quote. Um, In a noise-polluted world, it is even difficult to hear ourselves think, let alone try to be still and know God. Yet it seems essential for our spiritual life to seek some silence, no matter how busy we may be. Silence is not to be shunned as empty space, but to be befriended as fertile group, for intimacy with God. Really that should great. be ground, I think. I think we typed. It's pretty awesome. Type fertile ground, not fertile groups. Um, <laughs> fertile groups sounds fun, too, though. <laughs> you guys are a fertile group. God just, just wants you to know that. Um, okay. So, back on track. Um, this is what I love about silence, and this is what we told the kids this week. Um, one of the things that happens if you've practiced silence is that your mind will race, right? Or it's like, oh my gosh, my mind is racing. Or sometimes for me, like I'll, 
fidgeting is re it's really hard for me to make my body still and so physically I'm active and my mind is active but I have to trust that deep in my soul my spirit is connecting with the spirit of God and that my soul is at peace and so in silence I'm carving out time for my soul to rest in God there's really not a lot of other places we do that. And, and that's the only place that there's no other voices other than the voice of God. So I want you to hear a couple of these verses. Um, Psalm 46.10, we love this verse here. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. 1 Kings 19.12. I love this passage. It's so good. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. And God was in the whisper. There was all this noise, but God was in the silence. And then the example of Christ for us in Luke 5.16. And he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. I love that. The example of Christ, how he would pursue silence and solitude. So I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. We've done this before. Many of you have done this before with us in here. Once you take a deep breath in and out. I want you to open your palms. Take another deep breath in. And as you breathe in, you are breathing in the life of God, the breath of God, the joy of God, the peace of God. And I want you to turn your palms down. And with your exhale, you are letting go of insecurity, anxiety, stress about finances, stress about work, stress about family, strained relationships. You let it all go. And in this moment, in community, you are still, and together we know that he is God. So as we sit in silence for a few moments, let the thoughts that race go, let them travel down the river, just let them go, and just let him affirm your belovedness. You guys can open your eyes. 
Um, what I love about silence um, is the way it creates space. And it's so interesting when we're silent like that, you can hear everything going on in the room, like the signs that are um, humming. And um, I really think that that builds a spiritual muscle to spiritual awareness in our lives, that when we are still, when our, we have trained our soul to be still, we can tune in much e more easily to the things that God is doing around us. When I was starting seminary, I walked into my first class, and it was on Habakkuk. And I walked in a little bit late, because that was my kind of the way I rolled at that point in my life. I hate being late now. And they were, I didn't know this, but the teacher was doing silence. And I sat down for 15 minutes in a group of like 12 people, and it was silent, and it was the most uncomfortable room. I almost quit seminary, honestly. But I look back now and think, I was being given a tool that now is the easiest and clearest way for me to hear from God by far for someone who likes to achieve, and I would have almost tossed it out. I would just say to you, silence is irreplaceable. It is irreplaceable in your life, especially in American culture, especially in media-driven culture. The thing I want to share with you is called Emmanuel Prayer, and I do this all the time. And the reason I do this is because when I have anxious thoughts or when I have a decision to make or I don't know what to do with a fear, I need a place to release that. And the place that I do that is the Emmanuel prayer process. So what I do is I have a place in mind that I love to be. And I want you to go ahead and think of a place on earth that you love to be more than any other place. When you're at this place, you feel like you are at home. When you're at this place, you feel immense peace. You love to be there. If you can't think of a place, think of a place that doesn't even exist. One of the kids in the group was like, are we allowed to go to heaven? And I was like, if you can go to heaven, buddy, you go to heaven. <laughs> Whatever it is that is a place that you're there, you can breathe out, be at peace. My place is actually from the last men's retreat we did here. It replaced a previous place. So we got one up. Sorry, old place. It's nothing personal. And I was sitting next to a river, this massive river in North Georgia. I can hear the the river, which me, like that kind of noise helps me. I can hear the birds. There's two deer that came out on the other side of the river. They kind of stay in this. I can feel the, the warmth. It feels good. It's not too hot. There's nobody around me. And so when I go to my Emmanuel prayer process place, I walk myself into that spot. I get myself back to the peace I felt when I was there. And then I have an interaction with my father. And I'm going to lead you in a prayer that helps you to interact with the Father, including some scripture. So you're going to have to close your eyes again. Now I want you, in your mind's eye, to take yourself to this place. Allow yourself to walk into the space, to find a seat there, whatever that may look like for you, to settle in, Breathe out when you're there. And now notice the sounds. What sounds can you hear? Notice the smells. What are you smelling? How does it feel where you're at? Breathe out again in this space and settle in. Be there. As you're in this spot, you notice walking towards you, covered in peace and joy, 
the actual Jesus. And he's walking directly to you to join you in this place of safety. He walks over in front of you. He sits down with you. And then he looks at you and he says to you, Do you hear my voice? I know you by name. You will follow me. And then he grabs both of your hands. He looks you directly in your eyes. He says, listen to me. You hear my voice. I know you by name. You will follow me. Now just for a few moments, give Jesus space in your imagination, in your mind's eye, to do what he would do. Jesus gives you a little hand squeeze like a good brother or sister in Christ would do. He stands up and he walks away. You feel peace, you feel joy, you feel righteousness, all from him. You open your eyes and you're back with us. That's the Emmanuel prayer process I walk through. You can insert any content in the interaction with Jesus. It's always to me, me handing something I'm upset about. It's not typically this. I just want to make a, a, um, a point, too, about imaginative prayer. Is that It's been a way that Christians for thousands of years have interacted with Christ. And so a lot of times those of us that have um, the overthinking, over-deconstructing mind will, you know, what we either don't trust our imagination or we don't want to believe that God can reveal things to us there. But the reality is that that's how he works in us anyway, right? That we are we are created to make associations. We are created for our mind to imagine things. And so you sort of have to turn the part of your brain off that says, this can't be God or um, I can't trust this. And just allow yourself, just lean into faith and and choose to receive. Um, that's it. You're next. I don't know if you have time for that. Lexio Divina? Yeah, we do. Okay, we do. The word on the street is we have time. Okay, um, we've done this before, um, but we're going to do it again, and um, we're going to use a scripture. Um, this is one of the ways that we'll connect to sort of um, serve Sunday. Um, but when we were thinking about um, how we shared about hearing God's voice and about how we want to inspire and empower our community to serve, um, it's, it really comes down to how God is already speaking to you. Um, you don't need to be coerced by us or manipulated by us to be a part of the community to serve. You need to hear from the Lord about where your place is, right? And what you have been gifted to do, what you have been called to do. Um, and so we thought we'd use Alexio Divina that really highlights sort of the the body of Christ and how we are all needed. So we're going to go through several movements. I forgot my cheat sheet, so I'm going to do it from up here. Um, 
So we're going to read the scripture several times, and I'm going to ask you to um, find a word or a phrase that sort of lights up or jumps out to you. Um, and then what you're going to do is you're just going to meditate on that word or phrase for a minute. You're going to allow um, either your imagination or whatever or the spirit to give you some meaning to that. Maybe that doesn't happen right away. Maybe you sort of sit with that word. Um, and then we're going to just respond to God. Okay, so let's read the scripture. I'm going to close your eyes. Um, close your eyes if you know that you are like an auditory learner. Um, but if you know that you're visual, you can keep your eyes open. All right, Romans 12, 4 through 5. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, through me though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. I save. <laughs> I'm going to read it again. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. So just settle into God's presence. Maybe for some of you it's going back to that peaceful place. Consciously choose to put yourself in God's presence, knowing that where two or three are gathered, he's with us. And just allow a word or a phrase to jump out. Don't overthink it. For as in one body, we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. So I just want you to hold that word or phrase. Just hold it before God. Just meditate on it. Does it cause a feeling to rise up in you? Do you feel encouraged? Do you feel challenged? Do you feel confused? Is there any pictures or senses that you get as you associate with that word? Just ask God, God, Holy Spirit, bring revelation. What is it you want me to know? For as in one body, we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. Just take a few moments and in your mind, respond to God, unfiltered, uncensored. You might need to ask for revelation.
for as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. So God, we, um, as a church, gather around this table where we break your word. And we eat, we ask it to nourish us, to change us, to bring life. So whatever you have spoken to us individually and corporately, may it lead to um, life, may it lead to freedom, may it lead to um, the coming of your kingdom. Just let us carry the, that word and revelation with us and add to it, God. Add to it more of your truth. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Sarah. Golf clapper? Good. So once you feel like you've heard from God, there's another thing that needs to happen. There needs to be some discernment, okay? Discernment is a key in understanding and hearing God's voice. And I'm just going to read you a couple things, but know this. God gives you the word, the Holy Spirit, and community to either affirm or deconfirm what you've just heard, right? There are many of us who feel like we have heard God before who have legit, literally not heard God, right? We've all probably heard something from someone and you've been like, definitely not God. That's it's not God what you just told me. And it's important to know you need to clarify and be able to say that because we kind of, a lot of times we'll do things that we want just for ourselves and then label it, God told me, instead of really doing it in God's will. So a couple of scriptures for you. You can just crank through these, Bill. Knowing first of all that no prophecy of scriptures comes from someone's own interpretation. Got to go back over here. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So it's from the Holy Spirit. That's important. Again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for you by, by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. You can read the next one as well. Or maybe the next one. Now the full number of those who believed were of one heart and soul, and no one said that any of the things that belonged to him was his own, but they had everything in common. And with great power, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Is there another one, Bill? Yes. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for the training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for work, for the good work. So... Yes. I just have to say something. Sorry. Okay. It's quick. Okay. Um, so just just to affirm that God never spoke to an individual outside the context of community. So he always has related to community. Revelation has always come to the community. So when one person thinks that they have a monopoly on what a word from God is, it's, it can't be true. Because even as the old, as the Hebrews would read scriptures together, they would do that in community. And so even we see when, G, when God led the Israelites out of Egypt, that he revealed himself to the community, right, in fire and in a cloud. And so it was actually the Israelites that said, no, 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 we don't want to talk to God because we're afraid, so just talk to Moses. But that was actually, I don't know that that was really God's intention. I, I believe that God wants to encounter his people as a whole. And through Christ, we have now been rece received this great gift. Um, so all of those have to work together. Yeah, and I'll say this. One way that you can know it's not God because it's hard to sometimes know it's God, even through the processes. If you find yourself walking away from these three things in the process, if you feel like you've heard from God, but you, you don't desire to hear from community anymore, 
You'd rather not read the word about it. And you're kind of avoiding the Holy Spirit spaces. That's typically a good sign that you have not heard from God. You have heard from yourself and you just want something really badly, right? <laughs> we see this a lot when people do something for God, but they separate from the church. They separate from community. They could care less about what the word says. They just want to go their own way. It's a good self-checklist. Is this happening when I've heard God? Am I finding myself farther away from the people of God? It's probably not God. That's important to know. Another quick way to know is, is it for yourself or is it for others? Typically, Jesus was all... Jesus gave his life for everyone. So it will have that kind of flair to it. Um, and then check with the leadership around you. For the youth, it was like, make sure you check. Because youth <laughs> here and they're like, they've been preached so much boldness by so many preachers for like the last 10 years that they just do dumb stuff all the time. Because it's in the name of boldness, right? Because we celebrate bold youth, right? But they also need wisdom because you can do a lot of damage in the name of God, right? So if you feel like you've heard specifically from God, Try not to attach God told me in front of it. Because, and ask yourself why you need to. Yeah. Because if he did tell you, can he not share with them as well and make it come to life for them? Because if you say that, what you're doing is robbing them of the opportunity to hear from God on their own. Does that make sense? So say it in such a way. This is something I have to really, I think it's something we all as American Christians need to realize. That a lot of us like to build our names around things that are profitable for certain departments in the ministry. And if... If I'm a prophet of God, I've got some kind of identity, right? These are not things to build your identity around, right? Your identity is in Christ. That should be enough. Offer what you have to someone without attaching things to it that make it about you. Does that make sense? I've been guilty of that before, so I'm speaking to my own choir. Amen. All right, so really quickly, just want a couple responses. Out of those three exercises, which to you felt like, I could probably, I need to do this more, and this was helpful. If it was silence, raise your hand. Yeah, that's mine, I think. That deep goes deep. Goes deep. The Emmanuel prayer process, raise your hand. Awesome. Lexio Dovina, raise your hand. It's good. We need more word in here, guys. <laughs> Somebody's going to say amen. Um, all right, so, so as you, this is the last thing I'm going to say before we let you guys go talk to people. Um, and we ask that you don't leave today before you do talk to people about the ministry stuff. But the picture God gave you or that you've created in your own mind was your happy place to go. Raise your hand if it was in nature. Okay, this is incredibly important. We have a lot of spaces created to experience God like this. And a lot of times he speaks the strongest to us in the, in the spaces he created on his own, right? This is an invitation. I literally think he is saying to you, I'm reaching out my hand and leading you into spaces that I will speak to you, even if it's just hanging out with trees, right? And I want you to go away to those places. You can fill those places with ESPN and Bleacher Report like I do, or whatever it is, like Pinterest, like you don't do, but many of you do. Or you can take the time to set up a space and create space for you to hear from your father who is already actively speaking to you, already. I think it's important to be in nature because you're in a space that you had nothing to do with making awesome. And Sarah actually mentioned this. It was one of the best things she said at camp. There's nothing perfect about nature, right? It even goes through deaths and resurrections of its own. There's seasons where it falls apart. There's seasons where it comes back together. In God's creation, we had nothing to do with it. Raise your hand if you made a tree today. Nobody. You didn't make a tree. It was fake. He's better at that stuff. When you're in those settings, you're reminded... This world is going to keep going without me. I need to tap into the Father's voice. Yeah. It's a great way. And so, 
we're asking you to partner with us over the next few months. In August, we have our kickoff to unleash the whole building on the city. And we don't promotionally go big, but we serve big, right? We actually had a word spoken over our church through our network that we would have a revival of generosity, which is the kind of revival I really want. Hospitality. And hospitality. Wasn't it? Maybe. So I, I listen really good. Generous hospitality? Generosity and hospitality. Those are the same Rad things, right? Radical hospitality. Radical hospitality. And it was taken from St. Patrick. Yeah. And what they did in the city when they would have revival meetings or fast as communities, and they would have outsiders come in, they would halt their fasts to love people well, to sit with people, and to eat with people, which makes me want to cry. Like, to, to love people that well, to not dominate them with our spirituality, but to, to, to be immersed into this city. I want that Jesus to be in this city. So part of that is um, people serving in the ministries that we have. And so really quickly, we're going to let you guys leave today, starting a prayer process that will start today and, and next Sunday. If you already know where you'd like to serve or are already serving, please do that. If you are burnt out from a previous church dealing, that's a real thing. It's not time to jump in and serve. It's time to meet with us. It's time to pray together. It's time to be filled again. It's time to come alive in Jesus again and know that your worth is not in what you do, right? But if you're at a healthy place, there's a way to healthy, healthily serve. These are the ministries you can choose from. So, so, right. you're, spe so you're speaking specifically of Sunday ministries. Sunday-related ministries, yeah. So these are ministries that happen every Sunday, and when August 5th comes, we have our children's ministry downstairs in that other space and up here. So... There's the Connections Ministry led by Jordan. Right back there, everybody clap for Jordan. All right, Jordan. He needs 13 volunteers that when people pull into this drive and parkway, it's already confusing when you get here, that helps people get to the kids' ministry, up here to this ministry. He needs 13 volunteers, and your sign-up is right there. He pointed over there. <laughs> it's right there. All right, City Kids Ministry. Uh, they need 12 to 15 volunteers, and this is the most fertile ground in the church. This is where foundations are built. This is where we need people. She asks people to serve once a month on a rotation. It's very doable. Your sign up is? City Kids. City Kids. Next one is Student Fair. Ministry, which is Jonathan and Kara. They lead that. It's right back there. And they need, he's back there now, four, four people for middle school, four people for high school. So if you feel called in those areas or want to pray into that, you can sign up back there. The next one is prayer ministry, which is right here. Linda will be here. We need 3,000 people. <laughs> 30 people, so we're good. Um, that's at the end of services. We have prayer. This is a ministry that can actually partner with other ministries. You can come do connections and still do prayer and be in church. It's like the best of all three worlds of those things. Um, there's some extra stuff added to that. And then we have worship ministry, which the sign-up is over here. Uh, there's a... There's a group that meets. If you'd like to be on worship team, you have to be a part of the group that meets monthly, the worship group. So you don't just show up for stages. The spaces um, aren't just stages for worship. It, it's fostered in a smaller place, and then this is where it shows. So sign up over there. And then we have Sound and Media, which is right there. They need four volunteers, and that happens all back in that room with Bill. Um, and then we have the next one is Sunday Service Ministry, which Antramika, will you wave at us? She leads that. This is things like communion, um, offering. offering, and these things. The sign-up is over here on this side of the stage. And then we have transportation ministry, which Jonathan Godby, are you in here? Yes, right back there. Uh, he'll talk your ear off if you go over there. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, the transportation ministry is on that side. And basically what happens right now is we have a bus that picks up people, but it would make it a much better experience for all. 
if a few people could actually drive their own cars to get certain people, and it's a way to build community as well. Um, and you can ask questions about that over on the other side, and I think they need how many volunteers? Is it 10? 10 volunteers? Okay. All right, so. Oh, yep. So. Yeah, if you're already a part of this ministry and you're like, we're locked in, we're labeled, still write your name down. We want to know. You're going to get an invite after this to the training, which is coming up in two weeks, which is going to be really fun. We're going to feed you. Um, some of you are getting T-shirts, our favorite people. And then, um, so it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be good. But we just want you to ask questions today, and we want you to pray all week and then come back next week. Again, if you're a part of this body, we should desire to serve without feeling like I have to talk you into it. Unless you're burnout and you need healing. And then we can talk about that. Just real quick, too, because I think that was a good question. So if you've been a part of a ministry, you're like, I already know, like, I'm, I'm pretty seasoned. Um, one of the things we're trying to do is just create a better connection between the ministries on Sunday, especially with the new space. And not only that, we're really trying to pursue unity and worship on a Sunday morning so that we're not all like Mickey Mouse ears, that we're really all sort of traveling together. So it's important for all of us to know what else is happening in our community as we worship together on Sunday. So it's so it's good. really a way to, for us to pursue unity and our worship on a Sunday. And one of the ways we'll do that starting on the 5th is we will have every volunteer in the church gather downstairs and we will pray together and we'll share what the worship journey is, which worship for us is not just three or four songs. Worship is every part of what we do here. And so each volunteer will lock in hands, we'll all look each other in the eye, We'll all pray together, and it'll be beautiful. I, I really, this actually came from kind of like a prayer over us. And so we ask that you would sign up. I'm going to pray for you really quick. Father, in this next space, let it not be rushed. Let us not feel like we have to do anything for identity. Let us pray from the place in our heart that wants to give of ourselves because you gave, not because of any pressure, not because of any accolades, but because you've created us as a body to love one another well and to serve our city lovingly. Help us to have a radical revival of hospitality and generosity and start it uh, even today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you again for joining us today. And please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com.